Well, hello, and welcome back to Podcasting for Educators. I am your host, Sarah Whitaker, and if this is your first time here, welcome. If you are a loyal listener, thank you for coming back. So as podcasters, the big question is always, how can I continue to bring in new listeners to my show? The thing is, there's no one right answer, and a lot of experimentation is involved before you can find out what works best for you. Today, I have Aubrey Malik on the show to talk about a strategy that we haven't yet covered on this show, and that is TikTok. Now, I'm sure that there's three types of you listening right now. Those of you who are already on TikTok, those of you who are a little curious about it, and those of you who literally want to run the other way when I say the words TikTok. If you're the latter, I encourage you to stick around and hear Aubrey's story as she shares how her 30-day experiment on TikTok really paid off in growing her email list, social media following, and podcast listenership. Aubrey Malik is a boy mom, former teacher, and host of the Freelancer to CEO podcast. Through her podcast and programs, she helps overworked and underpaid moms and teachers experience the freedom and joy that comes from designing a freelancing business with the skills they already have. After taking her own leap of faith over three years ago and replacing her teaching income within two months, she became passionate about helping other women start and grow their businesses to 5K plus months from home. Now, like I said, Aubrey's going to share her experience with TikTok. She's going to kind of break down what TikTok is for those of you who are new to this concept. I, at this time of recording, am not on TikTok. However, after talking to Aubrey, I am planning to start. And I think by the end of this interview, you might feel the same way. She's also going to talk specifically about how you can repurpose your podcast content into creative videos on TikTok, and don't you worry because dancing is not required. And she also talks about how TikTok can be yet another place where you can gather lots of great ideas for your podcast content. All right, I think that is enough for me, so let's go meet Aubrey. Your podcast is a powerful tool that serves your audience and your business, but how do you manage it all, bring in new listeners, and convert those listeners into customers? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators. I'm Sarah Whitaker, classroom teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm here to help you get the most out of your show, all while making an impact on other educators. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Podcasting for Educators. I have Aubrey here. Aubrey, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Awesome. We are going to be talking a lot about TikTok, and I'm just going to say it from the get-go. I am not on TikTok yet. I told Aubrey before we jumped on that I'm sure by the end of this episode, I'm going to be going and signing up for an account. It's going to give me the push that I need because I keep hearing so many great things about it, and I keep hearing from people that they have a lot of success with it. So I'm super excited to dive into that. But first, can you just tell us a quick background on who you are, what your background is, and where you are with your business? Yeah, absolutely. So I feel right at home because I'm a former elementary teacher. So I taught for five years, an array of different settings. I was at a private school. I was at a school for just for students with like behavioral needs. We actually had 
the school was located on a campus that had students who actually had to like be removed from their homes for different reasons. And they actually like lived on campus. And that was like, actually a really like eye opening experience for me. The only problem was it was about a 50 minute drive from my house. So I couldn't do that for much longer. I did that like right at the start of my husband and I like trying to get pregnant. And then like, while I was pregnant, I remember one time I was driving home and I was so tired and I literally pulled into my garage and literally like just fell asleep for, I was like, I need a 20 minute cat nap. Like I'm so tired. I can't even make it into the house, (laughs) but that was like pregnancy tired. And I always just kind of had a, like, I just had a far off dream. Like it would be great to be at home with my kids. Like, even if it's just for like the first five years when they're young, when they're at home, like I really wanted to be that one that was raising them. I went to daycare and I don't really, I mean, I guess I was so young. I don't really remember, but it's something that my husband and I talked about, like, wow, this would be really great, but I never thought it would be an option for us. So I took a job at a school that was closer to home. Um, The only problem with that was I didn't have the commute, but I had to be there way earlier than my previous school. So there would be days where I would leave before my son was even awake. And then I'm at school, you know, till three, sometimes four. So I would go these like huge chunks of time without even laying eyes on him. And that was just really hard. And when we started talking about having our second kid, I really knew that I just, there had to be something that would work for me to be at home. And I had tried all the things. I was tutoring kids at the library after school. Um, which again, was just taking more time away from my family. I was getting up at like 3 and 4 a.m. and teaching English online. (laughs) Did that too. (laughs) (laughs) I um, joined some network marketing companies. Like I tried a TPT start. Like I did it all. And I was like, check, check, check. Yep. yep. (laughs) Nothing's happening until I found freelancing. I Somebody said like, hey, you should look into be a virtual assistant. And I'm like, okay, I haven't heard this option. So like, let's go down that rabbit hole and try it. And my first month of getting started, I made $800. I'm like, this is it. You know, like that was the most that I had made in like the least amount of time, right? Like some of the other things I made money, but again, it was like hours upon hours of spending this time doing it. And so I made it a goal and talked with my husband. I said, um, like at the time I started my business, I was seven months pregnant. And I said, Hey, if I can make the amount of my student loan payment, which is right around a thousand dollars, I'm like, can I just be done? I didn't want to have to think, Oh, I only have this much time on maternity leave. Like I just wanted to be done. And he was like, yeah, do it. And so put, you put my mind to something. I will, I will make it happen. And my last day in the classroom was the day before he was born. And honestly, I, I went into it just thinking like, this is what I will do while they're young. But my business grew. Um, I was able to replace my teaching income. And I realized that I could be a teacher that wasn't necessarily in a classroom. And so I could combine my love for teaching and helping other women and supporting them in the online space, but I didn't have to leave my house. So the best of both worlds were coming up on four years of being in business, which is crazy and having a podcast and having courses and all that fun stuff. And so that's kind of the evolution of my business and and where I am today. I love it. You are definitely in good company. I know a lot of people listening can relate to your story. We have very, very similar stories as well. It's funny that you talk about, you mentioned when you made $800 your first month. For some reason, that $800 amount, I will never forget that when I landed one of my first clients and I was sending them an invoice for $800 a month and I I was like, I can't believe that somebody is going to pay me $800 a month to do to write blog posts for them. That's what I was doing at the time. And my mom was like, Sarah, like, that's not, that's really not that much money. And I'm like, do you know who you're talking to? Like, that is a lot of money. You're talking to a teacher. That's a lot of money. And that's just one person and I can have multiple clients. So yeah, it is 
amazing to think about the evolution of business. So we are going to be getting into TikTok. I'd love for you, for all of us TikTok newbies out there, what is kind of the difference between TikTok and Instagram? Yeah, there is a really big difference. And I think Instagram is is trying to catch up with TikTok. And I think they're trying to capture a lot of what TikTok has, which is really hard just because Instagram has been around for a while. So I think a lot of people are creatures of habit. And even though it's starting to be like this less curated or styled, you know, feeds that you have, it still has some of that in there where TikTok is really just like show up as you are. They want to see people be like authentic. They want to see things that are just like outside of that bubble of being like perfect and pristine and everything looking great. And there's just like less rules. I feel like Instagram has always had these rules of like, you can only, you know, only post at this time and only do this and don't post too many times and only do this many, you know, stories. Like it's always been like that. And TikTok is like, we want you to show up. Like we want you to use this app. We want people on this app. So like there are no rules. And I mean, of course, like there's an algorithm and there's a lot of things that go into that. But I just feel like TikTok really plays to people's inner child and really just showing up as you are and not feeling like it has to look a certain way. And don't get me wrong. Like I love following Instagram accounts. Like right now we're getting ready to start our process of building a house. Like I'm following all these accounts of these like homes and like getting all my inspiration and stuff like that. Um, so I do enjoy that still, but I still have this feel about myself where it's like, if everything's not perfect, I don't always feel as comfortable showing up. And that's sure. kind of what led me to going to TikTok because I just was like, it's the same song and dance. Like, I'm just not feeling inspired anymore to really be on this app. Like, I want I want to feel the way that I feel when I'm on TikTok as a consumer. Like, I get sucked into it. And if you have been on the app, like, just even being on there watching videos, you will look up and you'll be like, I just spent three hours watching TikTok videos. Because <laughs> yeah. there's just so many different things that you're, you're not used to seeing. So yeah, th- those are like the main differences. I mean, obviously, they have similarities. One of the things that I really like and that drew me to TikTok was that it's just video content. Mm-hmm. With Instagram, you know, there's so many different things, like make sure you have so many, like I talked about all these rules, right? Like the different types of posts and stories and reels and IG lives and all this stuff. And it's like, just show up on TikTok with video, which I know somebody listening to this is like, all right, Aubrey, like that in and of itself to me literally scares the crap out of me. So yeah. I know that, but then it, it's at least it's only like one hurdle that you have to come over, right? Like you're not like in Canva creating all these graphics and making sure you show up on stories and all these things. Like it's, it's just showing up on video content, showing up as you are and knowing that like that one post is not the end all be all. Like you can recreate the same thing. Like there's just a lot less structure to TikTok, which appealed to me because I, I like structure, but I also like to go against the grain and do something different that not a lot of people are doing. Yeah. Sometimes it's almost easier, kind of like back to your point of when there's not all this structure that you have to think about, it's easier to show up and you can create things faster too. Now, comparing like a TikTok to an Instagram reel, are there like, do you create covers for for TikToks like people do with reels? So yes. Um, I think in the beginning I wasn't, but they do have covers that are in there. But again, okay. it's a lot less curated, right? So like a lot of times people will have like a, like a still photo on their reel with maybe explaining what it is. Where in TikTok, if I want to describe what my video is about, like they have just, 
basically text overlays that you can put on top of it. And then again, it's just like that, that frame of you and you can, you can slide it to see like, so similar to what you would do in Instagram, but it's just that to kind of like say what it is. So it's a, a, again, a lot less time to spend to make it look like it fits into your aesthetic or into your colors or into your brand. Like you can just have it be there. And it's, it's just a lot less time, like you said. And for me, like that's when my creativity flows is when I don't have to feel like I have to sit and think about it and make sure, you know, where is this going to fit into the grid and how is it going to look against everything? It's just a lot less curated and more fun and showing up that way. Yeah, I uh, I don't know about you, but like when it comes to Instagram and social media, I actually am somebody who does not batch out social media content. I am somebody who will like like today. I need to. I was going to do a reel. It's like on my to do list, and I will literally probably film it after this interview and then post it right away. And that's just like kind of what works for me. So maybe TikTok would be a good option for me. <laughs> now, if somebody is interested in starting with TikTok, where do they start? So this is similar to what I did, except I'm going to tell you, like, don't take as much time as I did because I joined the app at the beginning of the pandemic and I just wanted, you know, every, like I saw people doing, I saw people doing these dances and dancing is not required to be on TikTok. I just want to put that out there, but that is something that I enjoy doing. I am not good at it by any means, (laughs) but if you were to come into my house and like you were a fly on the wall, like you would see me doing that. That is me authentically. So I wanted to do that. Like I wanted to have fun with it. And I'm like, yeah, I can learn this TikTok dance. But I joined the app and I just was just as a consumer. And for almost eight months, that's all I did. And I kept trying to talk myself into like, come on, show up. Like I repurposed a couple of reels that I had done on Instagram again, because like at the time, Instagram was the comfort place, even though I wasn't really enjoying it. But I, what I think I learned in that, even though I wish I wouldn't have waited so long, is that I just saw what was performing well on the app. I saw what other people were doing. I saw different styles of things. Um, I saw different styles of hooks and what I started to take notice of like, what is getting me to stop my scroll? Because when you go onto the TikTok platform, they have like basically what would be an explore page on Instagram. And then they have your following feed. But I would just, you know, scroll, scroll, scroll to all these different videos. And I was starting to take notice of like what was stopping my scroll. Um, I was starting to follow other business accounts and see how they were promoting their business and how they were incorporating it in. So I would say like, get on the app and just get familiar with it and start to see what catches your eye, what appeals to you, what are other people doing? You want to be true to who you are, but that's not to say that like if somebody else does something and you're like, wow, that was really cool. Like I want to apply it to my niche or I want to apply it to my business that you can't do something similar to that. You're you, so you're putting your own unique spin on it. So it is still going to be authentic to you. Obviously, you don't want to copy like verbatim what they're doing, but get inspired, spend some time on the app and start to get familiar with it so that when you do get ready to post, like you're like, okay, I've already been on this. I'm comfortable with it. But I would give yourself a deadline. I'd give yourself a timeline. Don't wait eight months like I did. Like just say like, hey, for this (laughs) week, I'm just going to be a consumer on it and start to get a feel for how this works. Because I once you get on that and spend some time on it, you will start to see how it is very different than Instagram. Yeah, no, that's great advice to kind of just see what does stop your scroll and then tweak it to be unique to you and to your brand. I love that. Now, I know you talk about setting a business goal first before kind of going all in on a place like TikTok. So why is setting a business goal important and how do you kind of create your content around those goals? 
So I think that was one thing that did really help me to see success from the beginning is I went in with a very clear picture of what type of content I was going to post. Some people have different types of account. You'll see like lifestyle accounts and fashion accounts. And I mean, just like crazy video accounts. Like I went in with very specific of this is the type of person that I want to speak to. And this is the type of person I want to find my content. So really spending some time getting clear on that. There will be people who will say, oh, you don't need you don't need to have a specific niche. Oh, you don't need to stay within this. I think it really helped me because then that way, when somebody did find my content that was a new person to me, they could come to my page and there was all that same type of content there that was speaking to them. And I was able to make that connection with them way faster um, because I had taken the time to really dive deep into that, you know, ideal client and what are their struggles? Like, what are their desires? What are their frustrations? What are their limiting beliefs? Like, what is holding them back? And I was able to speak to that. And then they came to my page and they realized, oh my gosh, she's got all this other content for me that I can consume. And then I was, you know, through that, I was also pulling in my other pieces, which we can get into that too, because of course, it's important that not these people don't just live on TikTok, right? The follower number is great. But if TikTok goes away tomorrow, or if my profile gets deactivated, like, there goes all those people. So I was starting to pull them into the other resources that I had so that I could move them from just being a TikTok follower to getting in my funnel and listening to my podcast and all the good stuff too. So I think it is really important for you to have that clear picture. And it's not to say that you can't ever create something that's that goes outside that, but I think it will help you to be more specific and, and to create content a lot faster if you're clear from the beginning of who is this content for? Who do I want to see this? And what is that path going to look like for them so that I can get them to my other resources that I have, my other paid products, whatever it is that you have your podcast? Yeah, that makes complete sense. I always speak on that with with your podcast too, because people always wonder how important really is it to be super niche with who you're speaking to in your podcast and exactly what you said. It is important. It's so important because with your podcast, you want people to want to listen to every single one of your episodes and feel like every episode applies to them and applies to where they are in their business or in their life, you know, whatever your content is about. So I I think that that's perfect. The more specific you are with your niche, with your ideal customer or client, the easier it's going to be for you to create that content. Now, let's kind of move into podcasting and TikTok. So how TikTok can help with promoting podcast episodes. So what are some ways, because you also have a podcast, and so what are some ways that people can repurpose their podcast content into TikTok videos? Yeah. So I feel like that kind of gave me a little bit of a like quote unquote leg up because I wasn't reinventing the wheel, right? Like at the time of starting on TikTok, I had already had my podcast for going on two years. So I already had a bank of all these episodes that, again, were speaking to that ideal client of mine who I would want to to listen to my podcast, to download my freebies, to join my courses and my programs. So the nice thing for me was I just could pull on that content that I already had, and I'm just switching up the format, right? I'm just changing it. So even if I had a podcast episode on Twitter, it was like the top five tips for you know staying productive and running your business at the same time or something like that. I could take that one podcast episode and that could become a bunch of different videos for me. So it could become a series, right? Where each video I'm breaking down one of those tips and maybe going a little bit more in depth or I'm just sharing that tip. And then I'll say like, you know, follow for part two. And I have that in a series. So I was able to take that content and just switch up the way that it was delivered, switch up the way that I was presenting it, 
I could incorporate that fun side of me, right? So giving, delivering that same type of really great content that I had on my podcast, and maybe I'm dancing to it and having the text overlay. Again, that doesn't have to be what you do, but it's really helpful to have that, those podcast episodes. And that's already really great content that you have. And you've already spent the time recording it and writing all the show notes and doing all that stuff. Just now you're just translating it into a different style of content. And then you can also allude to your podcast, right? So there would be times where I would talk about something and I would say, hey, I went into more depth on this specific topic on my podcast episode 74, freelancer to CEO podcast, you know, link is in my bio or whatever, like, or I could talk about that in the comments too, like, wow, this was really great. Like, can you talk about this more? And then again, I was able to say like, hey, I did a whole podcast episode on it. And then it also served on the other side of things. So I was getting a lot of really great ideas for my podcast from my content on TikTok. So people, questions that people were asking in the comments, if I was like, oh, I haven't really done a podcast episode on that, or I haven't really, I didn't really think about it from this angle. This is a, would make a really great podcast episode. And then again, I could say like, oh, great, I'm going to record a podcast episode on it and it will release next week. They do have a live feature on TikTok. So again, like I was, I was always taking notes of like, these are the questions that I'm seeing coming up. And so making sure that I had that content on my podcast, because again, that's going to live forever. That's my content. Um, and that's going to serve, you know, not just these people right now, but for many more, you know, years to come that I have this podcast and even after the fact too. So it served as a dual purpose. So it w- kind of was like a no brainer for me to have that be both serving the TikTok, but then also TikTok serving my podcast and helping, helping me. Cause even, you know, sometimes you're like, well, I don't know what to record today. Or you're just in a rut and it's like, okay, let me yeah. scroll through, scroll through my comments and see what's been coming up this week and create an episode on that. One of the many beautiful things about podcasting is it gives you so much content that you can repurpose everywhere else. Now, I know you said you'll mention like in your videos, I dive into this deeper. You can learn more in my podcast. Are there you so you can have a link in your bio that leads to your podcast? Okay, so you can have a link in your bio once you get to a thousand followers. So I don't want to tell people like you have to post so many times per day, like that's going to get your account to grow. That's going to get people to find you. But obviously the more content that you are putting out there, that is going to bring more people to your page. So in the beginning, I would say like, go to try to put a lot of content as you can. I think consistency is better than the the number that you're posting. But obviously you want to get to that 1000 followers because before you have that, the only thing you can technically like link out is your Instagram and your YouTube. So if you do repurpose your your podcast episodes on YouTube, that would be a really great thing for you to have. But as far as having that link, you have to have a thousand followers in there. So once you have that, you can link to whatever you want. I have experimented with a couple different things. And the one thing that I found for me that was really helpful was my my free training. So that that for me is like my number one freebie that I have. Mm-hmm. And then through my welcome sequence in my email, I then I I bring in the podcast episodes and I bring in like specific ones based on one of my emails that I have is like a Q&A. And so then I'm able to say like, you know, listen to this podcast episode for more details on that. So I'm bringing that in as opposed to just just directly linking to your to your podcast. Um, I think that that performed better for me. But of course, you can have a link tree where you have different things. Um, I just feel like, especially in, in my experience, like the less options I'm giving people, the more apt that they are to actually take the action. Yes. So ha- I think having a really powerful freebie as your link and getting them on your email list, because again, even if you do have your podcast, 
they might not immediately sign up for your email list if you're promoting that in your podcast episodes. So get them on your email list. And then again, you're you know most likely sending out weekly emails and you're talking about your podcast episodes. So capturing that email, I think is most important. And then once they're, once they're on there, again, you're bringing in your podcast too, and you have that. So you have that other link to push them to the podcast as well. Oh, that is such a good tip. I think that is a place, and I'm talking about your like having a welcome sequence for any kind of opt-in that you have, is a place that a lot of people don't think to mention their podcast. And so that is something that would be like a really easy action step for people today. If you have any kind of welcome sequence set up, go and add your podcast to each of those emails because that's just such a good place that that you can capture some new listeners and convert some new listeners. I love that. I'm interrupting this episode for a brief moment to answer one of the biggest questions that podcasters have. How do I continue to bring in and retain new listeners? Here's my favorite answer, podcast guesting. When you guest on the right podcasts, you're positioning yourself in front of ideal listeners and customers. This is a powerful strategy when done intentionally, and I can show you how in my mini course, Guesting for Educators. In this course, I'll teach you my three-step approach to landing and leveraging podcast guest interviews. When you join, you'll get access to the course content, templates, swipe copy, and even a list of shows who are currently accepting guests. The best part? You can work your way through the content in less than a weekend. What are you waiting for? Head to www.podcastingforeducators.com slash guesting to learn more. Back to the episode. Now, if you're willing, I would, well, actually, let me back up a second. I had a question. When you first got on TikTok, like how long did it take you to gain some traction on there? So when I first started, I started in February of 2021. And I, anytime I'm trying something new, And I think this goes for anybody, right? Like new stuff is scary and we have a lot of fear around it. And a lot of times because it is scary and there's fear, like we hold ourselves back. So one thing that helps me anytime I'm doing something new that feels overwhelming, like I tell myself and almost try to like trick my brain and saying like, (laughs) this is just an experiment. I'm just going to try this out. And like, I I think it's back to like taking myself back into that teacher mode. Like, we're just going to try things out. Like, we're going to see what works. Like, we're going to put a hypothesis out there. So that's how I how I viewed it. I said for 30 days, I'm going to go into TikTok. I'm going to have this experiment. I'm going to post consistently every single day. My goal was anywhere from three to five videos. And again, like I said, I had that content that I could repurpose. So it didn't feel very daunting to do that at first. But if, if you don't have that, or maybe it does, like spend some time. I know we talked about one of those first couple steps, like spend some time on the app and then also spend some time getting a good bank of ideas of things that you can talk about there's more into that too. Like we can talk about the different categories of what types of videos, obviously there's like educate, inspire, entertain, all that stuff. But I went into it and said 30 day experiment, and we're going to see what happens. And really my goal was not necessarily to grow a TikTok following. It was more so just to refresh my marketing. Cause like I said, I wasn't really inspired anymore. And I was like, Oh, you get to those points in your business where you're like, should I just give up at this point? Um, so I really wanted just to refresh myself and push myself outside of my comfort zone, try something new. I know that a lot of times when I do that, that's where the magic happens. So it took a really long time. I was on like day 28 and I was like, you know, only I would say my videos had anywhere from like 50 to maybe 200 at most views on them. Like that was the average. And I was like, all right, well, I gave it a shot. I did, you know, and I, I do feel a little bit more creativity around my marketing. It was on like day 28 or 29 that I had a video go 
mini viral. I mean, it wasn't even a video that I took a ton of time doing. And that's always <laughs> Isn't that the funny, case. right? That's yeah. always the case. It's like the video that you're just like, oh, I got to throw something up today. So exactly. I just, the throwaway one. And I think it had like, it ended up getting like 50,000 views on it. Wow. And I'm like, oh I'm like TikTok must have known that I was doing, I was nearing I was the end of my, up. yeah, I was nearing the end of my experiments and then they, they pulled me back in. But I mean, it was consistent growth over time. It wasn't like, you know, I just like shot up overnight. I did have, so that was in February, 2021. So in October of 2021, I did have a video go pretty viral for me. It had like at the end of its little life cycle, it had 4.5 million views. Oh my gosh. I had like 30,000 email subscribers to my list. And again, it was, of course it had to be, and I'm like telling, I'm telling my husband this, I'm telling my parents this. I'm like, you guys got it. Like in 12 hours, I had a million views on this video. That's insane. they're like, let me see it. And of course, it's a dancing video. Like, it, it, it would, and I'm so, I'm sure people are watching this over and over again because they're like, who does this white girl think she is yeah. dancing like this? Um, okay, you're going to have to give us the link for this video. Oh so my God. Put it in the yeah. show notes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that, but then, and that's where I guess I would say my account really did start to take off and it was very much consistent followers coming in. But that was a good chunk of time. And that, again, it was me being consistent. And I think that's, something you have to look at no matter what platform you're using, whether it's Instagram, whether it's TikTok, whatever your, you know, your podcast, it takes time for these things to really take off for you. And you're learning and growing at the same time too. So the biggest thing, no matter what you're using to market your business, to grow your business is you have to be willing to stick it out and be consistent with it and show up even when you're like, this isn't working or no one's watching. Um, and something that's helped me looking back on it now, of course, I was like, oh, only 50 you know views on this video. But like, that could have been 50 new people that never knew about my business before. And now they do. So I'm just even like reframing your mindset around that too is, has been helpful looking back on it. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. There's just, I think people are searching for like this magic pill that's going to suddenly be like the secret sauce of marketing. And it really is time. You have to be consistent and you have to put in the time with podcasting. I've worked with a lot of podcasters and you know we're one month in and they're like, well, I have 10,000 followers on Instagram. Why don't I have 10,000 <laughs> podcast downloads? And I'm like, you got to give it some time. And it's always that one-year mark, two-year mark with your podcast where it's like, wow, I have made so much growth. And so, I mean, it sounds like a very similar thing on TikTok. And that's just so validating. Like when you do have that moment where you get all these views and all these new email subscribers, it's like, okay, it's not that like my content was bad. It's that people just weren't seeing it and not the right people weren't seeing it. Now, I would be curious if you're willing to share what is kind of your process when you're thinking about your podcast episodes after you record a podcast episode, like what is your process when it comes to repurposing? Is there an average number of videos they usually create from a podcast episode? Do you batch your videos? How do you go about that? Yeah. So it's really going to depend on the type of podcast episode that I do because not everything, like you'll get a sense to once once you're in your flow of things and everybody account account is going to going to be different. Right. So I've started to realize like what really does perform well for my account and for me and for my followers. And, and probably it's because I've trained them and I've done certain types of videos that they're like, okay, we're expecting to see that. And if you throw a monkey wrench <laughs> in there, it's like, okay, we didn't, uh, we didn't really expect to see this, even yeah. though the TikTok is changing. So it very much used to be 
heavy on trends, heavy on like voiceovers. And that still is there, but they really are pushing more original content. They want people to be creating content. They want people on there to be learning things. They, that's what they're noticing is keeping people on the app when they're learning new things, when they're growing. So it has shifted my content because I used to just like take a podcast episode find a trend or find something that I could kind of relate to that or that would be like a spin on it. So maybe if I had like a mindset episode, like something on on like a limiting belief that I could put behind a voiceover or something like that. I do try to batch my videos and that helped me in the beginning to stay consistent because I I didn't have a ton of time to create videos. and, And in the beginning, it took me a lot longer because I was being a little bit of a perfectionist. And now it's literally like one take is all I'm giving you. Like I, I don't have time for this. Um, so like I talked about before to having that consistency and showing up. So I would just kind of like block out an hour of time. I'd have a couple different outfits that I change into. I'd have my videos ready to go, or I'd have sounds that I wanted to use saved. So I could, I knew I could go back through and I had the concepts kind of mapped out of what I was going to do. And then I would just have that hour of time and I would just like do a couple in one outfit change. And then I would be able to use those videos throughout the week. And I think that if you are going to do things that are more trending type, it, is helpful to push that content out within that week, right? Like, I mean, there's some people who probably could batch more if they're doing a lot more original content, because that's not necessarily timely. If you're trying to hop on a trend, I'm I'm sure like with Instagram too, like people see that in their reels and they want to be able to use that. So yeah, I would batch stuff. Now, like I said, I also don't feel the need to post as much content as I was before, because I've I've built up that following now where it was to get new eyes on me. So yeah, yeah, I, and I, I do have to remind myself too to, to switch up what I'm doing too. Cause you can get into, you can get into a rhythm and get into a, not a rut, but just of just doing things that come easy to you. And like I said, now that type of content isn't what's always being pushed out there. Like if you spend some time on there, you'll see like a lot of these just like head talking or teaching things. And so now I have to switch up my content because that wasn't, what I was relying on, it was a little, that was a little bit harder for me. And before when I would do a lot more like just face to camera answering questions or talking to the audience that wouldn't perform as well. So I'm like, well, I go back to to what I know too. So that's a little bit of the behind the scenes process of how it works for me. Yeah, no, it's all kind of like an experiment too. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit different for everybody, but I'm definitely in terms of like how you were talking about how things are shifting a little bit on there into that educational kind of content. I'm definitely seeing that shift on Instagram too. It's almost like becoming kind of like a YouTube situation where it's this short form educational type of video, which is great news for podcasters because, I mean, really your process, if you batch a few episodes at a time, after you batch your episodes, you could just right then and there record some quick videos to go with those episodes Mm -hmm. of you taking little snippets and takeaways from that episode and turning it into a short form video. Yeah. And one thing too, that like, I, you don't always think about it in the moment too, but there's this sound on there on TikTok. That's like, everything is content. Everything is content. Oh yeah. And so like even things like you sitting down to record your podcast episode, or like if you do something of like outlining things, like just even having anything like that, where you can show behind the scenes. Cause you obviously like, again, I don't do a lot of personal stuff to me and like my family. It's very, very much business related, but I 
also need to remind myself too to like think outside the box. Like people want to see that. I had one video where I did like a day in the life of a work at home mom and everybody was like, can you do this more? Which is, again, it was so different from yeah. me and, and it's breaking me outside of my comfort zone a little bit because I like, I don't want to be on my phone. Like I would ra- much rather batch record in a chunk of time, get it done and then be able to put my phone down. Um, but just even thinking about that, like even doing a time lapse of you recording it, I saw that you did that um, yeah. yesterday, Sarah. So yes. it's like just even things that you don't even think about, like people want to, they want to like get a peek behind the curtain into what you're doing. So anything business related, anything like work related, just to switch up that style too can be a helpful thing to to record. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I have been thinking about that a lot more recently because behind the scenes is not something that I feel like I do very much because I think it's I think a lot of people feel that way because I do it every day and I don't don't think it's interesting but then mm-hmm. when you make videos about it I mean I get anytime I post anything like that like I did a real I don't know if it was last week or a couple weeks ago about like my content planning and I got so many people sending me messages with like comments and questions so People do love that behind the scenes stuff. I know. <laughs> and I I mean, I do too. I me like too. Yeah. So I mean it's it so makes hard sense. for me. It's so hard for me too. I like need to remind myself too, because I, I am conscious of my phone. I I wish I was a little bit more conscious about it and the use of it. Um, I know that it has a hold over me. So I try not to be in every single like moment trying yes. to capture things. But I also realize too, like that is one thing that is the power of video, no matter what platform that you are on, like that is a really powerful way to people for people to get to feel like they know you. Right. And I, I want people to, to feel like they know me. I want people to, if they were to meet me in real life, like they're like, Oh, this is the person that I've been watching online. And I I've gotten to know, and I've gotten to talk with. So trying to incorporate that too is really helpful because that's, what's really going to get people to know, like, and trust you and ultimately want to, you know, buy your, your stuff and, and become a lifelong fan of yours and listen to your podcast and be the one that's like waiting there for that episode to drop too. So yeah, that, that stuff is really helpful too. It's, it's not an easy one because we think, oh, this is just like, nobody wants to see my like, yeah. day-to-day life, but they do. They, yeah. people like, that's why reality TV sh- shows do so well. So true. <laughs> so true. And I feel like it's kind of like a natural authority builder in a way too, because people are actually seeing you when you're doing behind the scenes stuff with any kind of work that you're doing, because people are actually seeing like, oh, she like, does do this and this Mm -hmm. is how it works and she knows what she's talking about. (laughs) But yeah, I'm with you about it's hard when it comes to personal stuff with like your kids and your family Mm -hmm. because I'm the same way. It's like, I mean, I think we all have a slight addiction to our phones and I'm always battling like, okay, I'm going to put my phone down when my daughter gets home. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to be on my phone. And so yeah, I have that like internal battle too of like, oh, well, this this would be good content, but right. I don't want to be that mom that has her phone out all the time. I know. I know. I feel you on that big time. <laughs> yes. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add about TikTok that we haven't covered so far? I think I'll I'll mention what I mentioned to you, Sarah, before we press record is that I'm not on here saying like, you need to be on TikTok. What I do think TikTok has done for me is allowed me to show up more freely than I was before. And I think because like I started my Instagram and my business Instagram was like my personal Instagram. So I have a lot of people on there that know me in real life. And it felt hard for me to show up because even though I am passionate about my business and what I'm doing and who I'm trying to serve, that was always in the back of my mind. So when I went over to TikTok, it was almost like I was the new girl starting at school and I could 
kind of shed all of that maybe baggage or whatever. Like I could just show up as me and people could get to know me. And now people who are in my real life have seen my videos. They talk about, but because I (laughs) almost like built up that muscle and that stamina, it doesn't bother me as much as I thought it used to, or like I thought it would. So I just think anytime that you can push yourself outside of your comfort zone and try something new, you might be really pleasantly surprised with what it does, not only for your business, but for you personally too. So I think that that's always been my motto when it comes to things. And you you start a business, right? Like I said in the beginning, it was just so that I could be at home with my kids. And I look back over the past four years and it's like, wow, this business did so much more for me than you know provide financially for my family. Like It has allowed me to grow as a person and just change the way that I view the world and show up and just how I view motherhood. Like it's just done a lot of things that I never, it was like a a byproduct of starting the business too. So any chance that you get to just push yourself outside of your comfort zone. And I feel like TikTok is a really great place to do that because it's video. And I know that's hard for people, but there's a fun, playful side of it where you can showcase your personality and who you are. And that's what people are going to connect with and ultimately want to like I said, go down that rabbit hole of being like, I'm all in for this person and I'm all in anything that she has or anything she puts out. Like I want to be a part of it. So yeah, that would be my last little piece there. Yeah. I think that is a great message. And I mean, whether we like it or not, clearly video is the future and Mm -hmm. it is a really good marketing strategy and a great way to get new eyes on you, to get new listeners for your podcast and all of that. Trust me, if you are listening and you're like, I still haven't ever created an Instagram reel or a TikTok video, I get it. Like, I think we've all had resistance to it, but I think you should try some sort, some form of video. And I think you might surprise yourself. I, going back to what you said about your Instagram, I'm, I meant to say this earlier in our conversation. The best thing I ever did for my business was create a new Instagram page because I couldn't, I couldn't get over the hump of like, of creating videos and things on my personal page. I just, I tried so hard and I just could not do it and I could not fully show up. And when I created a new Instagram page, it's like, <laughs> I mean, people could still find me that know mm-hmm. me <laughs> from my right. childhood. But in my brain, I like kind of like you said earlier, I almost tricked my brain into being like, nobody I know in my personal knows, life is yeah. going to see these videos that I'm making. So I, it was the best feeling. I'm able to create content now without a care in the world. And <laughs> it is very freeing. So I, I can definitely relate to your experience there. Yeah. All right. Well, I just have two quick questions for you before we wrap up. And then you can tell us all about your podcast and where we can find you and all of that good stuff. So number one is if you could interview your favorite childhood star on your podcast just for fun, who would it be? Well, see, this is hard because I have some people who are like, who are now people that like after having a podcast, I'm like, oh my gosh, like people I know in real life. And this will tie to the second question that you're going to ask me. I don't actually I don't know them in real life, but like now, like they weren't like childhood stars of mine, but maybe I can put this in there. Cause I feel like until you're 18, like you're technically still a child. Yeah. So I, I'm all about reality TV shows. It's like my husband, it's our like favorite thing to do at the end of the night to just like unwind and forget about like all of our yes. troubles and like it's like everybody else is having drama and we're sitting here and we're like yeah we've got it pretty <laughs> Life's good pretty good yeah right so I've just started listening to this podcast um all about Laguna Beach and they're re-watching the episodes and Kristen and Steven are going back and they're 
like talking about all the behind the scenes. It's so good. Oh my God, Aubrey, um, I am freaking out. I just saw a commer- an Instagram reel about this yesterday. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot wait to listen to this podcast. The only thing is it's so hard now because now I'm like, literally, I'm like, it's like a TV show. I've got to wait every single week for another episode to come out, but you have to go listen to it. It's so good. I listened to, oh I, on my watch day, I listened to both the episodes and I was like, oh my gosh, I need more. So maybe I would do like a fun reality star just to kind of like hear their you know, because it's so different now. I think people go into online world or like on TV shows, like they have a motive of like, I want to be famous and I want to do all these brand deals and everything like that. And before it was really big, like these people weren't, they were just like going on and having fun. So maybe I would do Kristen. Are you a Kristen, a Kristen or a Lauren girl? (laughs) And you know, what's interesting is if you, if you watch it back and now you get this perspective on it, you start to, you might change your mind a little bit on, on what the producers were doing and yeah. how they were kind of manipulating us to, I've, I've always been a Kristen person. I don't know why, but well, it's funny because like that spunk like I had. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's funny because like at the time I was definitely a Lauren fan, but now as we've gotten older, I, I think I love Kristen too. So, yeah. oh my gosh, I can't wait to listen to that podcast. <laughs> what is it called? Back to the beach. Back to the beach. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, other than that one, do you have any other favorite podcasts for business or for fun? So I'm totally a true crime junkie. I've got all all the true crime stuff. I like to bank some of them up. I'm actually getting ready to do a little trip here tomorrow. And so I'm going to which is such a crazy thing to do. I'm going on a trip by myself. I'm driving, not at night, but I'm, but I do this to myself, right? Like, I'm like, oh, I've got all these episodes saved. I'm going to listen to it. And then I'm going to be on the road and be like scared that somebody's going to come and yes. my, my car's going to be broken down on the side of the road. <laughs> so I love true crime stuff. And then like a business one, I, I do try to switch it up every now and again. Um, And I find, of course, I find myself listening to like female podcasts, but I've been listening to the Chris Harder show and the Ed Milet show and just, hearing a different perspective and also obviously a different kind of voice because it's a male voice has been really interesting for me just to switch things up and get a different perspective on things. And I really like the Chris Harder show because one thing for me that was always really hard, like you have this fear of failure in the beginning. And then as your business starts to grow and you start to see the the income come in, I, I think as teachers too, like we're people who are always like used to not having anything and making things stretch. And so there was a lot of I had a lot of like money mindset stuff. And so one of the things he says in the intro is when good people like you make good money, they can do great things. And I just like love that perspective on it. And it helped me to see like, this is not a bad thing that I'm earning money and that I, you know, charge what I charge. And I think, you know, for freelancers alike too, like that's a hard thing to do. So um, I really like those two podcasts. Those are kind of what I'm listening to now as far as business goes. Awesome. I will have to check those out. I haven't listened to those before. Okay. And tell us where we can find you. First, tell us about your podcast and then where we can find you online. Yeah, absolutely. So my podcast is called Freelancers to CEO. Um, We release weekly episodes. Right now we're in a little bit of a spurt where we're doing two episodes a week. So one either guest or just like a solo show for me. And then we do a quick tip on Thursdays, 10 minutes or less. I really try hard. If you can't already tell listening to me right now, I tend to be long winded. So I really try hard to be like 10 minutes, give you something quick that you can take into your business and apply and help you grow. So you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, I'm on all the platforms, Aubrey Malik, pretty much anywhere, Instagram, TikTok, my website. Um, So you can find all the good stuff there. And yeah, I would love for you to come and listen and 
I've done a couple like more deep dive episodes on TikTok too. So if you're liking what you're hearing here, you can come over and check that out. Awesome. I will put all of the links for everything you just mentioned in the show notes. And thank you so much. This was so much fun to talk to you today. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at Podcasting for Educators. I'm always looking for an excuse to talk about podcasting. If you're looking for support in launching, managing, or growing your podcast, check out my online course, the Podcasting for Educators Prep School at podcastingforeducators.com slash prep school. I'll see you here next time.